Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The score! They're the best I've ever seen. Really? Better than yours a couple years ago. Absolutely. What makes them so dynamic? Everything. The players, the coaches, the organization. So what kind of challenge is that? I'm sure Spags will have something for you guys. That's the biggest challenge we've faced so far. Chris Jones on the Niners offense. It's a lot to handle. you got to know where everybody is and what position they're all playing and remember what formations out of which they do what. I think the Chiefs uh, might be able to score a couple of points as well. they got some a couple guys pretty talented. It's possible. It's possible. So here to talk about the Chiefs is Danon Hughes. He is on Twitter at DeHughesGuy83. He is the Chiefs radio network analyst, and he is with us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today, and you can see him on twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 to score. Dana, how are you, man? Good morning. What's going on, fellas? We are just hanging out, getting ready for the game, as I'm sure you are. I'd love to know. You tell me. Because it looked like there were times this year where the, the Chiefs offense was sputtering a little bit. What do you think turned it around once we got to late December and January? Yeah, you know what? I just think that everything looked different. If you look throughout the course of Patrick Mahomes' career, especially since Tyreek Hill was traded, everything has been different. But the success at the end has pretty much been uniform. And uh, we'd like to think because he burst on the scene back in 2018, 2019, that, you know, that was how it was going to be. He was going to be that guy, like a Dan Marino putting up, you know, eye-popping numbers, and it was going to be passing across the yard and just torching defenses. But what we've seen is that every year, as we always hear about, teams are different. doesn't matter if you have the same personnel, your success, how you get to where you get to is different. And I'd say about this team, uh, yeah, there were question marks. You had over 30 33 drops over the course of the regular season, uh, probably more, but that's what they actually had in stats. And so the question was, who was going to who was going to arrive as that big time playmaker besides Travis Kelsey? And then we had the emergence of Rashi Rice and to have a rookie come in in this offense with this team, with this success and really show that he is the dominant number one receiver uh, was really something. But. That loss to the Raiders on Christmas Day, I feel like, was an an embarrassing moment and an eye-opening moment for the Chiefs organization where they pretty much turned things around right from that day. And fortunately, it wasn't too late. 
we keep hearing about trust between Patrick Mahomes and his receivers and this mm-hmm. idea of, well, he you have to earn his confidence and earn his trust. And I think, well, that may be true. But in a game, when he breaks out of the pocket, I know we praise him for processing information quickly, but I tend to not think he's actively considering his level of trust in a teammate when he makes a throw or doesn't necessarily make a throw. Well, I mean, at the end of the game, MVS is not someone who engenders trust that Patrick went to. Exactly. So by the time the game starts, when, when they're lined up ready to go, that's not really an issue, is it? Absolutely not. And part of the maturation process for Patrick Mahomes this year, and to me, one of the more impressive feats that he was able to accomplish is consistent trust in his guys. I remember a press conference he had at the latter part of the season where it was a lot made about the drops and the receivers and not being trustworthy. And basically the fans and a lot of the media were like, I don't understand how he trusts all his guys, how he can throw the ball to these guys over and over. And I thought it was really, really mature of Patrick at the podium. He spoke about it. He said, you guys, you guys see on Sunday, Monday, and occasional Thursdays, and you see the drops, and I get it. As fans, you're passionate. As media, you have to be critical. But I see the work from Monday through Saturday, and that garners trust by me. And we've heard about the stories, whether it was Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or quarterbacks in the past, where if a guy dropped the ball or ran the wrong route, they wouldn't see the ball again. They might not see the field. We've seen the coaches and heard about the stories where coaches would bench guys because they fumbled or maybe not even see the field ever again or get cut. And I thought it was really mature of Patrick to recognize, like, they need me. I need them. I'm going to compartmentalize this thing. And whether they drop five balls in a game or not, they're still my weapons and I still have to trust them. And I think these guys flourish because they know I'm a former wide receiver. I know in my mind, like, dang, why would he throw me the ball again? I just dropped it. or I just fumbled. Like, uh, what's going to happen? Is is this other guy going to jump me on the depth chart? And now I won't get playing time. And you can get into your own head. And Patrick didn't allow these guys to do that. And I feel like that's one of the key points of our success this season. You mentioned Rashi Rice is, is now kind of moved into a spot where he can be one of the top pass catchers on this team. How do you grade his growth from the beginning of the season to where we are now? Astronomical. I mean, when you watch the game, if you really watch the breakdown of Rasheed Rice, and this is crazy, and I know you're trying to compare to him to Tyreek Hill, it's probably way, way premature. But when he catches the ball and he gets north-south, he's as fast getting catching the ball and going as we've seen in a Chiefs jersey. That's how big it is. So in the early part of the season, he was trying to go before he caught the ball. Now at the end of the season, specifically after we got off the bye, after we went to Germany, that's when you really saw the emergence of Rasheed Rice and his capabilities. And he's really taken over this offense as a threat next to Travis Kelsey. We know Travis Kelsey is going to garner a lot of attention. He's the best tight end in the business. uh, And for a large part of the season, he was our only consistent weapon on offense. But Rasheed Rice, as a rookie in this offense, with the success and the, the pinnacle that we uh, we uh, you know uh, try to get to in regards to the Super Bowl, the standard for the Chiefs for him to come in and basically take the offense by storm, extremely impressive. 
Interior offensive lineman Nikki Allegretti is a friend of the show and the station, and it looks like he's going to start as of right now. What do we know about uh, Joe Tooney and whether or not he's going to be able to go? Yeah, there's a couple of questionables in regards to uh, injuries uh, that we're going to see on game day, whether it's Jarek McKinnon, who just came back off of IR, had surgery over a month ago. Uh, you have um, uh, Joe Tooney, as you mentioned. Uh, he's been practicing. All of these guys have been practicing. Kadarius, Tony, as well, have been practicing. But you can only line up with so many guys, 46 guys that will suit up on game day. So it's going to be a decision that they'll make. With a Pro Bowl, all-pro guard like Joe Tooney, you'd love to have him in the lineup. But Nick Allegretti has been outstanding in his role. As a reserve guy, he's been a center, he's been at left guard, right guard, wherever you need him to be, he has shown that he is excellent and capable of getting the job done. You watch that game against the Baltimore Ravens and see if we really dropped significantly from Joe Tooney to Nick Allegretti. Uh, he is, to me, he's a journeyman guy that's like a blue collar. Whatever you need me to do, whether it's field goal PAT, whether it's uh, trick plays, whatever it is, he's he's willing to do that. And to me, that's one of the bright spots of this team. And that, that speaks to the depth. It speaks to Brett Veach and the scouting to be able to have that guy who started in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's been around and seen the success and experienced all this. So I don't feel like there's a lot of concern, whether it's Joe, Toon- Joe Tooney at the guard position or Nick Allegretti. In in your opinion, how much of the success that the Chiefs have had on defense is personnel versus Spagnola calling the defense? So l- let me ask you this. If you guys would have had me on air back in July and I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a crystal ball and Patrick Mahomes is going to be healthy all season. Travis Kelsey is going to be healthy all season. We're going to get this, got this new kid named Rashi Rice that's going to be one of the team leader in receptions and yardage as a receiver. And Isaiah Pacheco is healthy. But the story of the season is going to be the defense. You probably would have like shook your head, had me drug tested, whatever. But that's the fact that Steve Spagnuolo and this defense got us here. It's no question about it consistently throughout the season. And it's because of playmakers on that defense that make it work and the adjustments that they've made made during games. Here's a stat for you. In the last eight games, the Chiefs have played in the second half of those games. Teams are averaging four points. The second half, when maybe when our offense was sputtering, maybe when we were up and they tried to mount a comeback, they only averaged four points. So there's been a few games in there where they were goose-egged in the second half. That speaks to Spags. It speaks to the trust that he has in his personnel. And we're young. Trent McDuffie, a second-year guy, probably a defensive MVP on this team. George Karloftis, second year. Um, Nick Bolton, third year. You got uh, Jerry Sneed is a vet. Chris Jones are vets. But you got a lot of the young talent on this defense that's making it work. Andy Reid, is, his name has come up as a possibility for him to maybe, it's, it, over the next couple of years, shut it down and, and, and walk away. When you hear people talk about that, what, what, how do you feel? I think it's silly. I mean, I can understand it. Anybody that gets up in age and they may, he's got, I believe he's got 13 grandkids and, you know, he's a big family man. So I would understand it. But at the same time, like he struck gold. He struck gold again. 
he started off his coaching career and he had this guy named Brett Favre as a quarterback. And then, you know, you Donovan fast McNabb. forward and he, Donovan McNabb, he goes in, in, in uh, Philadelphia. And then you come to Kansas city and you strike gold with the 10th pick in Patrick Mahomes. Like, why would you retire? <laughs> like it's, there's a lot of coaches out there that would love to have those problems. I'm not saying that the job is easy, but it's definitely easier. And it makes it easy to go to work every morning, knowing you got number 15 leading your team. So I don't know from a physical standpoint, maybe from a personal standpoint, if he's considering it, but from a football standpoint, it would be absolutely silly for him to walk away from it. Bears fans get triggered when there's a cutaway to Matt Nagy, as I'm sure you can understand. There are some yeah. pretty ugly memories of, of how things ended here. Frustrated with him always chasing a vision of the offense that was in his head rather than what could translate to the field. What does mm. he do? do for the Chiefs? You know what? I think Matt Nagy is a calming force. There's a balance that when you have Andy Reid, who's one of the great offensive minds to ever coach in the NFL, you have to have a great complementary relationship. And even with Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy was a high, strong, uh, you know, right in your face, will challenge you as a player, screamer and yeller, while Matt Nagy's not that cat, not that kind of guy. But he compliments Andy Reid well. So Eric Bieniemy was the, the hard guy, the bad cop. Andy was the good cop. Now you have kind of similar personalities that mesh and blend well so that the players, you can get the most out of the players. So, and, and let's face it, there are some guys out there, and I'm, I'm not saying that the career of Matt Nagy is going to stay stagnant where it is, but there are some guys out there that are just built to be coordinators. There are. I played for some. Uh, there are guys that have had, well, whether Steve Spagnolo, Gunther Cunningham was a coach of mine in Kansas City. Maybe Matt Nagy, maybe guys like Eric Bieniemy, maybe their lot in life will be as coordinators, and that's what they'll go down and have great careers as. As a head coach, it didn't work for him in Chicago, but he's no doubt being able to manage superstars is a huge part of a job as well, and he's doing it as great as anybody. Dana, as far as this particular matchup goes, which playmakers concern you more on the 49ers? The defensive playmakers or the offensive playmakers? I'd say offensive playmakers. When you think about Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, George Kittle, those three guys specifically jump out to me, but I'm also not sleeping on the defense, the linebackers mm -hmm. specifically. You talk about Fred Warner and Greenlaw. Those guys are fast and they can make plays. Now, we wonder what, what's going to be the game plan if they're going to try to lock one of those guys up with a little bit of safety help on Travis Kelsey. Who knows? But I do know those guys play at a different speed uh, than a lot of linebackers. There's a lot of read and react and quick read and react. They can be in your backfield before the ball is even handed off to Isaiah Pacheco. Even though they've had some issues with their run defense, it's not sideline to sideline that hurts them. It's downhill running. So we got to get, like, there's not going to be enough. Uh, like, sometimes we get caught up in the RPOs and the, the hesitations in the backfield, allowing blocks to materialize. Can't do that against this defense. You got to be able to go straight downhill and hit them in the mouth, just like their offense tries to do to opposing defenses. So I'm not sleeping on those linebackers, but if you, you know, if you held a gun to my head, I'd say McCaffrey, Samuel, and Kittle worry me a lot. What do you think the plan's going to be against Kelsey? We know the numbers are what they are, and there's a very high likelihood he is going to be productive. 
but you can try to play zone and try to just have somebody close enough to him or their their two man bracketing coverage. If you were defending Travis Kelsey, what would your approach be? So if I'm defending Travis Kelsey, the one difficult part, because in, in the grand scheme of things, if you disrupt him at the line of scrimmage, just like any receiver, usually that helps you, especially if you got a pass rush like you guys have, that, like they have coming off the edges and getting pressure in the backfield. You try to delay his ability to get downfield. The problem is, is that you can't do that when he's going in motion, when he's shifting. And that's one of the big assets that we have on offense is that he's never stagnant. They're always moving him around, so it's tough for anybody just to line up in his face and jam him at the line of scrimmage. But when he is stagnant, that's when you got to take your chances and take your shots to move him off of his spot. So I feel like if I was defending Travis Kelsey, that's the way I would do it. But then after that, I would take away the middle of the field, force him to go towards the sideline, horizontal to the line of scrimmage, and then hope that those your defensive ends and your linebackers can get their hands up in those throwing lanes. Uh, but he's so devastating, uh, an automatic mismatch for linebackers and safeties. And Patrick Mahomes and he, like, they speak a whole different language to each other. <laughs> like, th- those guys, there's no route tree for Travis Kelsey. He's just kind of running around, moving into open cavities in the defense, and Patrick knows exactly where he's going to be. So that that makes it even tougher because it's it's a unique style that I don't care how good the linebackers and the players are on the 49ers. They've never played against a guy like Travis Kelsey because he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants on this offense as long as he's on the same page with Patrick. Dan, and I'm not trying to be flippant about this, but I I really admire Patrick Mahomes's ability to not be distracted. And mm. it's, there are times when it feels like everyone in his circle is doing something to distract him, and yet <laughs> he figures out a way to not do it. Like, the latest thing is is you, you had the, the DWI arrest of his dad, and then you find out that, that, that the wife is going to be in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition coming up this year, and that was put out yesterday. I really admire the way that he is able to have tunnel vision when it comes yeah. to his celebrity and fame. And I, I would love to know what you think about how he developed that. It's one of the great stories, I think, in NFL history, what Patrick Mahomes is able to do, not just off the field with dealing with that stuff, but taking the league by storm and is only in the sixth year of starting. Six years starting, six straight AFC championships, four out of the last five Super Bowls and juggling multiple kids, having kids, getting married, you know, ownership of the Royals, ownership of the KC Current, ownership of Sporting KC, uh, the Whataburgers coming to Kansas City, being a part of, like all of that stuff happens. And as you mentioned, being able to compartmentalize and stay laser focused on the task at hand. And when you watch him, when you look at him, when he comes into the building, it's all about the business of football, and he's able to cast away all those distractions, which I don't think is – it seems like it's it's not human. <laughs> right. Like all of us, I don't know if we would be able to do that, but he has that ability. And I feel like part of it is because he grew up in this sports world with his dad being a Major League Baseball player, and he kind of was able to see all, how everything unfolded and being of that age to be able to soak it up. 
uh, I think that really helped him. And the guys that he spoke to, I heard a story the other day that uh, he had a sit down for an hour with Michael Jordan uh, a few years ago when he was really, when he first burst on the scene where that MJ took some time to sit down with them and talk about having laser focus and being the guy and not worrying about the distractions and not worrying about being liked, but uh, being focused on the task at hand. And I feel like he, he got schooled by obviously the greatest and that's helped him as well. So he's very receptive. He's a sponge and he knows what his job is. And he knows no matter what else happens around him, He's going to be judged. He's going to be graded on what they do on the field and the success of this team, and he's really bought into it. Danon, thanks so much for being generous with your time today. Much appreciated. No problem. Thanks, guys. Go Chiefs. That is Danon Hughes, Chiefs Radio Network analyst. Next up, Kevin Fishbane, Bears beat writer for The Athletic, will have thoughts. We have work to do during this break. Yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some food that we can smell oh my in God. the studio, <laughs> it's and we can't me. wait to get ah! to it. So we're going to go to break, and then we'll tell you about the awesome food and how it's going to be a part of your Super Bowl coverage here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kevin Fishbane. I got Fishy Business. Okay, Fishbane. Fishy Business? Fishy Business. Well, I call him whenever I have him on the show. Fishy Business. Bears beat writer for The Athletic. I just try to work hard and tell good stories. I should also note, I know the sports caster of the year for Illinois is no longer covering Illinois team, and I am not leaving to cover the Detroit Lions. All right, well, good. Kevin Fishbane talking Bears. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. I love your name. It's a great name. Yeah, great name. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for The Athletic. He has strong football thoughts beyond that as well, and that's why we have him on regularly here on the Bernstein and Holmes Show. You can find him on Twitter, at KFishbane, and you can find him right now on the SCORE hotline that is presented by Circa Resort and Casino, CircaLasVegas.com. You can see him on Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. What's up, Kev? 
Hey guys, uh, congrats. I'm uh, honored to be a uh, tiny sliver part of the, uh, what was it, the number four Stop it. show in uh, in your time slot in America? Yeah, that's 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 what we do, man. That's a, But see, here's the thing. We think we should be ranked higher. And the reason that we think that we should be ranked higher, not because we're better than the other shows, but the other shows don't have to deal with Wojo. And we do. Like, we're, we're competing against Wojo. They're a powerhouse. So just for that alone, we should be put up a little bit higher on the Barrett Sports Media power rankings. But that's not why you call. Um, let me ask you, as someone who covers the Bears, what's it been like watching the Bears be the secondary story at this year's Super Bowl? Yeah, I think um, my colleague John Greenberg put it nicely in his column yesterday. These poor... Chiefs and 49ers who have made it to the mountaintop and have to answer questions about the Bears um, while they're at the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it's look, I, I'm sure I said this to you guys last week. The Bears are the story of the offseason for the second year in a row. Uh, actually, I found a clip. I was looking for something and, and I saw a clip from after last year's draft in which I said, hey, you're not going to get the number one pick two years in a row, which obviously was wrong. Um, and, and here they are. It's, it's a, it's a massive opportunity for them. And yeah, I think it's really interesting that, uh, they are the third most popular team or most talked about team this week. Yeah. It's been fun to watch people kind of go back and forth and, and get into their camps on whether it's Caleb or it's Justin and what the bears should do. How far away do you think, like, let's take the quarterback part out of it for just a second. For the, the rest of the roster, how far do you think it is, are the, are the Bears, from being a team that we could talk about more so in the they're competing inside their division and for a Super Bowl? Yeah, Lawrence, it's, it, you know, it's hard to separate quarterback from that, but I do think you know a lot of people would throughout the year would bring up the 49ers to me because they would say, hey, I know Justin Fields isn't Patrick Mahomes, for example, um, but look what the 49ers are doing. And my counter to that was always two things. One, Brock Purdy had a sensational season and put up ridiculous numbers. And two, that team that is littered with pro bowlers. Um, so for the Bears, they finally have this foundation that is as close to what they had in 2018. And that 2018 foundation was the best group they had had since 2012. So now you're going to 2024, you, you, you finally have something you're closer. And I think that, you know, we've talked about, you, you add that other weapon at wide receiver, you make sure this defense continues to either ascend or just maintain its status as what it was the last half of the season, as top five unit, you know, you could be right there. Cause you know, it's hard when you, when you look at 49ers and chiefs, you're like, okay, Patrick Mahomes on one side, all those 49ers blue chip players on the other side. But the thing about the chiefs, I was talking, I was thinking about this the other day, how many defensive players do average fans know from that Kansas City roster? I think we all know Chris Jones. There's a lot of guys on that team, and credit to Brett Veach, obviously, and Steve Spagnuolo. They found some really, really good players, and, and, and they played at an incredible level, especially in the playoffs. So you can look at that as a little bit of a blueprint to think, okay, maybe the Bears are only a couple guys away from being in that contender conversation. I'd like Chris Jones to be on the Bears next year. That would be something. And what's interesting, Lawrence, is – that position is one of the deepest positions in free agency. 
you look at some of the guys that, you know, Christian Wilkins is, is, is set to be a free agent. Now, of course, we don't know who's going to get the franchise tag uh, of all these guys. You look at, um, I'm, I'm not going to try to butcher his last name from Baltimore, who had an unbelievable year. Um, so that's a spot where if the Bears are like, hey, we like Javon Dexter a lot, but we're going to make a splash. You look at that position, and that's that's where they can go. We obviously know how important that position can be. It's interesting that you bring up the the Chiefs as a blueprint the way you do, because I wonder how ongoing it is. I think we get this idea that Ryan Poles worked for the Chiefs, and then whatever he experienced there imprinted on him, and now off he goes – when it's probably ongoing, the league changes. These recipes are always changing. And other than having one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I also I wonder what ongoing, evolving lessons are being learned about how to do this. Yeah, it's a great point, Dan. And I think, too, you, you look at Mahomes' numbers this year. Like, obviously, we all know what he's capable of. Um, but it's not like he was off the charts for a lot of the season. I think his best game statistically might have been when he played the Bears in week three, when the Bears had hit rock bottom. Yeah, it was like 41 to 10 or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, and so the way that they have reshaped things, certainly since that Raiders game, you know, the use of Pacheco, um, these long drives that they've had. Um, and then, you know, then when it's playoff time, then you guys get guys who kind of come out of nowhere. We look what MBS did. Um, to make that big catch, and and then it go, and then goes back to the defense. I mean, the the Chiefs always had a fine defense. I mean, you can't you can't win Super Bowls without a good one, but it's been really good. So I do think you're right that that so much of this league is adaptability to what you have, and the Chiefs realize we don't necessarily have the receivers. Um, we're we're not making some of these big plays that we used to. So how can we adjust? Uh, and, and you want for the Bears, it's going to be how are they going to adjust? How are they going to build their team for next year to be a team that can can win a lot of games? When you think about Kyle Shanahan as a coach, what comes to mind? I think the creativity, Lawrence, just the way that he is so creative in getting the ball to his playmakers in space. It, it just, you know, when you think about the motions and you think about um, all the different things that they do. Uh, and and it works, and it's 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 worked for a long time there. Obviously, worked at times in Washington. It worked in Atlanta. Um, this is a scheme that a lot of teams are trying to copy, including the Bears in a way. Um, with the Shane Waldron hire, who's you know gonna was with McVay, who was with Kyle Shanahan. It all goes back to that. So I just think you watch those games and you really marvel at the different things they do because you know all these teams are like, well, we don't want Christian McCaffrey to get the ball in space. Well, they find a way. Well, we, 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 we let's just get to Brock Purdy. Well, they're, they're able to, Brock Purdy's able to get the ball out to a guy who's open. Um, you know, what Brandon Ayuk has become for them, what George Kittle has become for them, obviously. I just think that he is so creative. He gets, he figures out ways to get the playmakers the ball and, and just let them go. And, and I think it's been a really, really successful recipe for them. I'm looking forward to seeing not just the creativity in the original plays called, but one thing you know you can trust is that unlike some people who we've been experiencing in Chicago, he actually learns from the script. And the creativity comes after he feels the defense has tipped its hand in some way. So once the battle of wits is joined, we forget there's a second half after you know everything gets mm-hmm. done. You're like, oh, yeah, there's a whole other half of football here. But sometimes it feels like 
two football games. We, we've known that in the Super Bowl for a long time. That sometimes it really feels disconnected in that way. But, man, the, I, I think watching Spags and Shanahan go at it in the second half is going to be a thing. It's going to be really interesting, Dan, because, I mean, and you guys, we all know this, that that halftime is longer than any other halftime these guys have experienced. So how do they adjust to that? I mean, I think, I mean, the Ravens 49ers was unique and you had the blackout, but that was kind of two games in one. It's the first one that came to my mind. And, and then you look at what the Chiefs did last time they played the 49ers in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a thing, too, that Shanahan has this benefit of, okay, let's say they find a way to take away McCaffrey. I got Debo over here. Oh, you're, you're taking away him? How about Kittle? How about Ayuk? Like they, they just they they can just come at you in waves with these different playmakers and to to bring it back to the Bears, right? Because you know you wonder what defenses will do next year with DJ and and you know I think DJ Moore is one of those players where there's really so little you can do to actually try to take him out. His numbers have proven that over his career. But who are going to be the answers that the Bears have if there's a day that he isn't putting up big numbers or even if he is and you need more because DJ Moore going for nine catches, 95 yards and a touchdown isn't going to be enough to win games every week. So how can the bears try to figure out, okay, the 49ers have all these different guys. We can't get a Debo and Ayuka Kittle, but can we get other guys that are going to really stress opposing defenses? How far are you willing to bend on what your opinion is on Caleb Williams between now and the draft? And the reason that I asked that question Fish is because, look, the tape is the tape. It's it's not changing. And if you were impressed by the tape, that doesn't change. How how will you go about trying to figure out what you think about Caleb Williams over the next eight weeks? Lawrence, it's a great question. I mean, it's you know you, you said the tape's the tape, and we could all watch and make our own evaluations of that. We can talk to the experts and see what they think. But now. You're in like the, you got to try to find some people, whether it's scouts or just league personnel who have talked to him or people who have talked to some of his, you know, maybe some coaches. Like I always hear stories about how teams like to talk to the strength coach about players at their colleges. You know, who's that position coach? Who's that GA at USC um, or Oklahoma? Who are some of those low level employees that, that, that know him well or think they do? Um, and then how is he going to be doing in these interview processes? Um, how genuine is he in, in terms of, and then does, can, can the bears figure out whether it's him or somebody else, if he, if they, can they decide if that player exudes the toughness they're looking for? And I thought it was really interesting that Ryan Poles talked about the person. He kept emphasizing that because you need to have thick skin in this city. And I was talking to a scout when I was at the senior bowl. And, you know, he's been in a bunch of different places in the league. And one of the things he said was, from his purview, Chicago is the toughest because New York has the multiple teams. And you, you look at this market, what you guys know full well what this what that position means. And now maybe we're overrating that because maybe if Caleb Williams is as good as his tape shows, like should how much is that really going to matter? But I do think the Bears are going to try to find out everything because they want – this to work on all levels. And, and so, yeah, so to go back to the question, Lawrence, I'm, I'm willing to hear what people say about listening to them, but you get the problem with this time of year, guys, is you get in some really awkward hearsay. You get some awkward rumors. You get some awkward conversations. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be trying to be careful 
I guess is my long way of getting to the to the answer there. Just because you you know ultimately the Bears are going to be the ones that have to find out every little thing about this guy. How you feel about the the three Bears making the Hall of Fame? It's awesome. I, I mean, it, it's obviously there's so much emotion and so much um, just special about Mongo getting in. I mean, you guys have talked to him. I, I got one night in Tampa at a casino before bears bucks game to hear stories from him. And it's just like a night you, you'll never forget. Um, and then reading Dan Pompey's stories about what he was like as a player uh, is remarkable. And then, you know, for Devin Hester, it's, it's amazing. I was talking to someone who was like, I'm so glad that like my favorite player, so many people are like, like, you know, of a certain age, like he was their favorite player. Yes. It wasn't the locker. It was Devin Hester. And I just think it's special to see somebody who will never see again, at that position who changed the game the way he did, who we all remember watching those games and gain up out of your seat is that balls in the air. Um, that's just, that, that that's just really cool to see him get rewarded. And boy, I mean, my first year on the beat was Pep's, I think maybe his last season with the bears. That's what I thought. I just, yeah. And I just remember walking in that locker room. So you guys spent more time with him than I did, but just being in awe of him. Like just the way he was built, just the way he went around about his business, just the way he was respected. You were just like eyes wide, like, oh my God, this is Julius Peppers. There was something different about him than almost anybody I've come across in that locker room. And I just had that one year and it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Fish, enjoy the Super Bowl, man. We appreciate you. All right, you guys as well. Take care. That's Kevin Fishbane. Next up, a former bear had some fascinating quarterbacking thoughts we should share. Uh-huh. If you're a Caleb Williams fan, you should probably listen. If you're a Justin Fields fan, you should probably listen. And don't forget about what's going on Sunday. 670 The Score and Circa Sports Illinois are bringing you the big game party Sunday. Benchmark in Old Town, Mullion Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi, Parkins, and Spiegel. We're live from noon to three broadcasting, getting you ready for Kansas City and San Francisco to attend. You must have at least $100 in your Circa Sports Illinois app. Doors open at noon. You want more info and to sign up for the invite, go to CircaSports.com. Quarterbacking thoughts that you're going to want to hear next. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Now, all the Caleb Williams uh-huh. conversation. Smiles great there. So, what would your reaction be if the team traded Justin Fields and or drafted Caleb Williams? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I know it's a business. Uh, so, if, if we get Caleb Williams open arms, you know, I just got to uh, spend a lot of time with him in the playbook and then get on the same report that I had coming in this year with Justin. So, it's going, it's going to take some time, but it's going, to, it's going to eventually click. Bears wide receiver DJ Moore on Sirius XM. Before we get to yeah. some football thoughts, yeah. let, let me just say this. There are spreads yes. that are brought here sometimes, and then and then there is what we have today. Dan, I, I, I say this because we're getting ready to have a bold statement about the quarterback. I'm going to make a bold statement about Cafe El Tapatio. This is the best food that the score has ever been brought. I mean, it is astonishingly good. And Cafe El Tapatio in Lakeview, you know it well. You've probably driven by it on Ashland a million times. They've been in the Lakeview community since 1974. Or as owner Joe Parra just said, keep it sexy, since 1974. They are the winners 
of our Super Bowl advertising contest, and deservedly so. So they, you will be hearing one of their advertisements during the Super Bowl on Sunday. And Cafe El Tapatio has brought a, a just an absolute feast. They brought churros. There's a whole like boxes of churros. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go get the churros. There's well, margaritas. Yeah, and those, there and those are full real margaritas. Shame. Yes. Kind hey, enough. whoa, whoa, whoa! When did the margaritas get here? <laughs> when I was out there, the margaritas were not out there. Well, there they are. So, I wasn't kidding. no. I'm not messing yeah. So homemade churros, churros. and. There's boxes of churros. And, well, it, and well, of course, there are uh, the the wonderful Al Pastor tacos with the pickled onion on them and all of their sauces. The costillas, the short ribs, which are in a green sauce that just absolutely melt. And there's something called camarones Juanita. That's what I'm eating right now. Dude. I'm, so good. I am telling you. So good. Yeah, this is. So I asked Joe. Uh, I mean, he's not going to give away anything proprietary, but all he said was guajillo, chile de arbol, and there's one more pepper in there. And I'll... Ancho? Ancho. Yeah. Ancho. Look, here's... But see, that chile de arbol. Oh, here's the oh. thing. Here's the thing about it. A lot of places just want to burn your mouth. No, 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 no. A lot of places want to just burn your mouth. They forget about the flavor aspect. Cafe El Tapatio. Nails it. It's perfect with the sh- the shrimp Diablo. It's so... I, I can't even tell you how good it is. Insane. Just go there, have a meal there. When you hear their ad on, on the Super Bowl broadcast, go support them. I'm not kidding. There's two more boxes of those churros, Dan. This food is so good. So good. Two more boxes. Cafe El Tapatio. Executioner approved, baby. There it is. Executioner yeah. approved. There should be a sticker in their window. That's right. Yes. <laughs> All right, so look, yesterday, I'm hosting football night in Chicago. And we were, like, everything was, everything's been weird at Radio Row. So we're, like, scrambling to get stuff done. So I was supposed to interview Merrill Hodge, and I was really looking forward to it. But then our signal busted up, so we couldn't do it. But luckily, Josh Schrock was sitting there. So Schrock and all, he went and he interviewed Merrill Hodge. And so they're like, all right, so, Lawrence, you're going to toss to Josh. Josh is going to toss to the piece. And what I heard him say about Caleb Williams shocked me. Here's Merrill Hodges' thoughts on Caleb Williams. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that I that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes. And I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's 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 try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes ain't even remotely close to that i haven't looked at every other player so and understanding all of the prayer the, the particulars you could be dealing with i think that you still have enough with justin fields to have hope and continue to build on you said you're only halfway through but can i ask what you what you don't see from caleb williams that everyone else seems to you know calm him to Mahomes and his yeah. generation what aren't you seeing well the, the first thing is there's there's no First of all, his ability to throw on the run is very disturbing. It is very inaccurate. It's all over the place. Um, There's a ton, a ton of RPO, which nobody's going to RPO themselves to a Super Bowl in our league, okay? They're seeing that in Miami, okay? You do got to push the ball down the field. Now, there are times that he does, and he does that well. 
he doesn't play he doesn't play with a lot of in, anticipation because of all the clean pockets that exist in him. Yeah. So I got to look at the dirty style and how he functions in that, and that's going to be pivotal because if you don't you can't play in a dirty pocket, you'll never play in our league um, and be consistent. And the thing that's disturbed me right now is his inability to be consistent on the move as a thrower. That's right. That's really, and he's willing to do that a lot more than he should, than he has to. Yeah. You just, you don't have that choice in our league. You know, you got to play from a dirty pocket. You got to process things and be accurate and consistent. And um, I don't see anything magical with his arm that yeah. would be like, wow, that's Patrick Mahomes style. It is not Patrick Mahomes style. His mobility is not anything special. Yeah. Nobody will watch him on tape, getting rid of him, going, wow, we really got our hands full. Like Lamar Jackson ain't got that. So I just don't see. There's not enough there to be like, to this point where I'd be like, yeah, he's worth me getting rid of Justin Fields and bringing this guy in who's never played in the National Football League and has to come, has, has to overcome all of those hurdles yeah. just to give us a chance to win. Wow. That's strong stuff. Wow. So, Dan, I'm sitting there in front of the camera like, oh, because, you know, I'm not the hugest Caleb fan, and I don't even go that hard. Like, there's a couple of things about him that I don't like. Can I just say, he's watched six games. He has watched six games. I just... But but for him to watch six games... And f- come away feeling that strongly. Yeah. To come away and be like, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Stop talking about him as Patrick well, Mahomes. Well, that's... Yes. That should be said more. So so did we get the, the, the Manziel stuff for him? All right. So check this out. When... <laughs> I'm not going to it, studs. I'm just going to tell the people the story. Studs got so mad at you. Why do you get mad at me? I just wanted to know. I didn't want to toss to it and it not be there. He got so mad at you. He's like, damn it, we're out of time. All I'll say is, is that if you look up Merrill Hodge, Johnny Manziel, he had this huge argument with Skip Bayless where Skip Bayless is like, oh, you know, this is going to be the next big guy and is such a steal and blah, blah, blah. And Merrill Hodge was like, he's not an NFL quarterback. And he stuck by it. And then, of course, Johnny Menzel proved him right. Just something to keep in mind. But that's some strong bleep from Merrill Hodge on Caleb Williams. Next up, a solid wall of Super Bowl sound. Don't go anywhere. You have the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.